This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle on Thursday, July 29th of 2021. I am Paul Gallant and we are, if we do a little radio math here, 27 hours away from baseball's trade deadline. Earlier today on the Danny and Gallant radio show, we spoke with Mariners general manager Jerry Depoto. We got into it right away. We asked him about just the general reaction to the trade, not just in the clubhouse, which per Ryan Divish's piece in the Seattle Times did not take it particularly well, but also around town, because I know a lot of you guys right now, maybe you're a little cooler than you were about 24 hours ago. You're still probably ticked off. Jerry was surprised by some of the reaction to the Kendall Graveman trade. A little surprised that it took people by surprise. <laughs> you know, this mm-hmm. is, we, we have been talking about this in just this way for, for quite some time, you know, on this show and and, uh, you know, in, in most of our connection with the public. So I, I, I don't know that it should be a shocking move. We went in with the intent to, to find ways to make our present club better while addressing, you know, our future needs as well. And, and there are still multiple days left in this trade deadline. You know, this is one snapshot in what we hope is a bigger picture. He's not wrong. This isn't any different. Now, the situation has changed, that's for sure, because the Mariners are playing at a level that no one expected them to, and quite honestly, a lot of people expect them to stop playing at. They are, all of a sudden, a team that is in a playoff race, despite having historically low run differential for a team that's in a playoff race. When you hear Jerry say that, though, You might have some questions. You might be asking, well, okay, yeah, you're not doing anything any differently than you've done over the last couple of years, but maybe you should because the team's actually in playoff contention. Is that enough for you? Is that that all you want? I know there are some people that are both Seahawks and Mariners fans out there. I think one of the great things about the Seahawks' presence in this town is that while the Super Bowl has been evasive for some years, there is a standard of expectations that come year in, year out. And you are unsatisfied with certain outcomes, like a playoff loss in the first round. It's different with the Mariners when things have been bad for as long as they've been. To be quite frank, it's been their entire history outside of a handful of years. But is a playoff appearance or almost a playoff appearance, is that good enough for you? I would encourage those people who root for both of these teams, and I know that's not everybody. I know some people are baseball-only types. I know some people are football types, and I know that we have a million people that listen. Not a million. We have some people that listen every single day that ask, Paul, why aren't you talking about the Sounders or the Seattle Storm? And I'm like, well, those two teams sort of own their respective leagues. Where's the drama? Where's the conversation? They're good. That's the conversation every single day with those two. But when it comes to those Seattle Mariners, 
if you are somebody that is looking at the Seahawks and you're like, oh, God, they lost in the first round of the playoffs, pathetic. I would ask you to apply those same standards to the Mariners and to the big-picture conversation about this team. Don't settle. Kendall Graveman, for the entirety of this year, being on your team, definitely makes you a better baseball team for 2021. 2022, what does it make you? And we talked, we touched on that yesterday. So I, I, I don't want to continue to beat that point into the ground. There are some, specifically in the Mariners clubhouse, who felt that they were owed an explanation by Jerry Depoto. And I know that there are some listening, and I, I think that they want us when we have these one-on-one conversations with sports figures in positions of power to make them feel uncomfortable, to make them sweat. Well, I don't think anyone that's doing an interview ever makes someone sweat. Maybe annoy them for a little bit of time, but what does annoyance actually accomplish? I don't know. That's at least how I operate when it comes to interviews in the sports world. This is not me sitting down with Richard Nixon or something like that after Watergate. This is a totally different situation. But we did ask Jerry, okay, well, you know, what, what's the appropriate way to handle this? Because there was a vitriolic reaction that came out of the Mariners clubhouse, which you, of course, saw in the Seattle Times. And he said that, we're going to give them space. Caught off guard would probably be the wrong, wrong way to reference it. You know, part of how I feel or how I work is to give people room to, to feel the way they want to feel. And, you know, we're, we're living in a particularly emotional time. And, you know, and Kendall's a great guy. He's a particularly emotional guy. So I'm not entirely shocked that there would be an emotional response to his departure. So my, my general take on it is, you know, give people the space to work it out on their own. There's nothing he could have said that's going to make guys like Kyle Seeger, guys like Marco Gonzalez, guys like Mitch Hanniger feel any better. Are those guys the priority of this team? Think about it. Yeah, you got Marco Gonzalez under contract for some time. He had questions about the trade. He raised them on Instagram. You got Mitch Hanniger for this season and next. And yeah, this is probably a strike against Mitch Hanniger wanting to stay with you after this year. This is Kyle Seeger's last year here. Right? It almost is as if if you make the move to keep Kendall Graveman and re-sign him this offseason, in the short term, you're doing that to basically give Kyle Seeger the best possible chance to make the playoffs. And I'm sorry, that's, that's just not how a baseball team should operate. Even though we want Kyle Seeger to finally experience that kind of success, that's, that's not your priority here. You are not some sort of rental car to help player X who might be gone next season get a title. And while he's had a great career here, I mean, I do think that we are getting closer and closer to the end of his time with Seattle. And I would imagine that this might have actually spelled the end (laughs) because I don't imagine that Kyle Seeger is very thrilled with it. I base most of it off of some of the comments that his wife made on Twitter. It was specifically a emoji. Zip lips. That emoji said a thousand words. So you give him space. You let him deal with it. And you hope that they're able to move on from it. And by the way, they have to move on from it. But let's continue with our conversation with Jerry Depoto. He made a comparison. Maybe it's not a fair comparison to make because, again, the situations are different. The Mariners are in a playoff race. Chase. Maybe we, maybe we call it a chase. Chase is a better word to call it. They're not. They're chasing the playoffs. It is an uphill battle for them. They are not quite a dog chasing its tail, but it does feel like they are a dog chasing, what, an ice cream truck? 
which moves slow. Well, an ice cream truck goes what, like 20, 15 miles per hour? How fast can a dog go? Probably a little bit, a little bit slower than that. When the, when the ice cream truck stops, the dog can, I guess, catch up with it. Weird comparison, but some people like to give, you know, ice cream trucks like to give doggies a little, little ice cream cones. Anywho, when you see the Mariners in this spot, they are chasing the playoffs. And I don't think they're going to catch it. So that makes the, 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 the trade that they made for Kendall Graveman somewhat similar to the trade that they made for Austin Nola last year, as Jerry pointed out. This time about a year ago, you know, last year's trade deadline, we had a very similar reaction from a couple of the veteran players in the clubhouse when we traded uh, Austin Nola to the San Diego Padres. And, you know, and at, this, at that time when we acquired you know, some players who weren't too dissimilar from Abraham Toro and, and you know, the, the place in their career and, and who they were and how we thought they'd fit in. And it didn't take very long for, for our players to warm up to, to the new guys, so to speak, and, and understand why we chose the route we did. And I, I would go back and make that trade 100 times out of 100, and, and I feel like a year from now we're going to have the same feeling about this one. And that new guy you got was Ty France, who's one of your best hitters. Now, I'm not saying that every trade that Jerry DePoto makes is going to be turned into gold or anything like that, but has not Abraham Toro been worth it through two games? Two games, two home runs. Given the lack of pop in your lineup, I mean, this is a guy that you could probably insert into the middle of the lineup and feel pretty good about it. You know, fifth spot. Some people on the text line earlier today suggested put him into the cleanup spot. But the craziest idea in the world with the power that he's shown the first two games. And again, it's two games. You don't want to make too much out of it. I know there are people frustrated with it. My question to you today is two days later, are you feeling a little bit better about it? Are you more calm? Now that this isn't taking place after a dramatic comeback victory against a team that you all hate, are you feeling slightly better today? That's the question on today's Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. 710-710. That is how you text into the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can tweet me as well, at Gallant Says. In five minutes, you get to call in 206-421-3776. This hour of the Paul Gallant Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. Right now, it's time for What's Trending. Brought to you by Kings Heating and Air with DJ Wilder. Hi, Paul. Hi, DJ. How you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm okay. Okay, that's good. I'm okay. That's good. Going to Seahawks training camp later today. Heck yeah. Got my shorts on. Oh, yeah. Got my t-shirt. It got hot out there. I heard. I, I heard it got hot out there. Yeah. Really uh, hot for some. Yeah, it's not hot here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I thought yesterday was perfect, but, you know, it's fine. DJ... We had it at 109 degrees a couple of weeks ago here. Yes. That was hot. Yes. I used to watch Texans training camp in a parking lot magnified by all the concrete around it. Right. In the humidity of the Gulf Coast. It is beautiful at the Seahawks training facility. Yeah. It is not hot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, speaking of things hot, the hot stove, Paul. (laughs) uh, You got it. The Mariners, according to John Morosi, as he tweeted earlier this morning, have pursued a trade for Twins ace Jose Barrios this week, although a deal's not as cl- not that close. Minnesota is asking for a prospect package that includes a top young starter, which will likely be Emerson Hancock, 2020 first-rounder from Georgia, or George Kirby, 2019 first-rounder from Elon. So, 
when you look at the Mariners and the prospect rankings, Emerson has not made the vault. It's, it's George Kirby well, that baseball, we're talking Yeah, in Baseball America, he hasn't really made the vault. MLB Pipeline hasn't updated their rankings um, yet. They usually do after the draft. But yes, in Baseball America, George Kirby has definitely made a leap. I don't want to make too much out of those because I'll be honest, I'm not going to watch minor league baseball. Sorry. Just no interest. I, if I had to make the decision right now, and if it's one of those two guys, buy Emerson Hancock in a heartbeat. Because you do have an opportunity here to potentially get a starting pitcher for you next year. And next year, if it, if it goes well, you can sign that guy to a long-term extension. If it doesn't, you would have the means at the trade deadline to trade him for more guys. You can't expect every single one of your prospects to turn out to be good. Sometimes you're going to have to make some tough decisions. I mean, we're seeing it right now with Jared Kelnick. And I wanted to ask that question a couple of, uh, just yesterday. And then he had that great finish to Tuesday night's game where he has the two hits and he has the diving catch and he has the outfield assist. But then yesterday he was terrible. You know, he's over four and he had an outfield error. So, you know, that's a guy who you are wondering if he will actually be the guy that you think he could be. So I would say with Emerson Hancock, Hancock, that's that's a Boston accent there, Hancock, you should be willing to trade him if it gets you Jose Barrios. Are you sure about that, though? Because this is his lowest ERA he's ever had so far, and it's just 3.48. Not saying that's a bad ERA. But this is this was a guy that was that a lot of people thought could be the best pitcher in baseball. And he's been good. But Those numbers could be better here. Now, I don't know the, the uh, thermodynamics of uh, Minnesota air and if things are potentially a little bit easier exiting ballparks in uh, Minnesota. What is the target field there? I don't know on that front. I know that we got a marine layer here, so the numbers should be a little bit better <laughs> for for him the first two months of the season. I will join a lot of you guys in being upset if they don't do anything substantial in the next 26 hours and 45 minutes. Because that will that will that will mean that some of the things that Jerry was hinting at, hey, look, there's a bigger picture here. He was not able to accomplish the bigger picture. That's what he told us right after the trade was made. So I'm willing to be I'm willing to be patient and allow him that time. But I understand how other people aren't. Sorry about that. Don't be. Pete Carroll yesterday he had he had his first press conference of training camp as practice concluded. He had a lot to say about guys like Jamal Adams' contract situation, Cody Barton, Rashad Penny. He did not have a lot to say when asked about left tackle Dwayne Brown and his contract situation. There's still any talks about a contract with him? We're not talking right now about that. (laughs) Nope. Not going to talk about it. And when compared to the very glowy things that Pete Carroll and his fatal optimism had to say about Jamal Adams and the contract negotiations that they are having with the Seahawks' safety, I think it is noteworthy that he was so short with his reaction when answering that question. So, this might be something that gets a little awkward. The dance between he and Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown does have some leverage here. How much leverage, though? And is he going to be willing to hold out games to get a new contract? Brown probably knows that it's getting close to the end. So that is actually something that he could use as a route to potentially get what he needs to out of the Seahawks, whatever that might be from a payment perspective. I'm just assuming it's a couple more guaranteed years. For Seattle, 
the big question is, is he going to be able to hold up over the course of, a, of this coming season? He is unbelievably tough. Maybe the toughest player on the team. Remember, remember it was, what, two years ago he had a knee surgery and he's back after two weeks? This guy's, this guy's a really tough player. You have no other option at left tackle. You will not be able to find another option at left tackle unless you do some sort of Texans-esque trade where you're trading multiple first-round picks to get Laramie Tunsil, who, what, is maybe a top-ten left tackle? You know, like, you you aren't going to have a first-round pick next offseason, so that guy is not going to fall into your lap, and that's generally where you can find a left tackle. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the Paul Gallant Show. 206-421-3776 is how you call in. And what's trending brought to you by Kings Heating and Air with DJ Wilder every single morning at 1015. All right. I want to hear from you. 206-421-3776. Again, you can text in 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. My question to you, now that we've had a little bit of time to breathe, a little bit of time to sit back, are you still feeling the same way that you might have about the Kendall Grave trade? Now that you've seen the Houston Astros, that Death Star of an offense, knock you all over the ballpark. Do you kind of get the context, or are you still thinking to yourself, you know what, Kendall Graveman, them taking him off this team, it all of a sudden just pulled all of the life and the desire to win out of this Mariners squad. You can answer that question next, 710-710. That's the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. The Paul Galan Show, your chance to be heard is right now. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 10.15 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. 710-710 on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. I know I shouldn't be surprised, writes Texter. They are cheap and they are not competing. I'll tell you, they hate that label. I can understand why some people might throw it out there. Until they get that marquee player and decide to pay him big, that is something they're going to have to deal with, no matter how much they dislike it. Is it fair at this point in time? Yeah, not, not really, I would argue, because next offseason, I feel like, is the spot where you have the best potential of recruiting a free agent and paying him a big contract. I don't think that that would have happened this past offseason. You know, they were they were competitive, scrappy, but this year they're scrappy in a different way. As we have seen in all the games over this series, I will say, while they were getting bludgeoned early on in just about all of the games that they played against the Astros these last couple, maybe less so yesterday, they found themselves in spots with opportunities to change things. The problem is their lineup is just not that good. You know, and you, I think they were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position yesterday. I think they left 11 runners on base or so. You know, they had opportunities yesterday, but you can see that right now, while they might be more attractive in free agency this year because they look like they're headed in the right direction, I mean, right now they are what they are. And I, I, I feel like anyone who is deluding themselves into believing that this team is on the same level as Houston, you know, Come on. You're smarter than that. 206-421-3776 is how you call in. Jason is in Everett. Jason, what's going on, man? Paul, how are you doing today? I am doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. I just, I, I'm, I'm concerned not as much with the move that we made. I kind of like uh, this new Toro kid. I think he looks pretty good so far. Uh, 
But I am concerned about these core players being very upset and down the road when we want a Max Scherzer or we need that one more pitcher and they got a trade clause like Scherzer has. I think it's called like a 10-5 to trade or uh, Mm -hmm. no trade clause that he asked players or or old players what, what they think about the Mariners and they just have negative feedback about general management. And I think it'll be hard to get players down the road um, when we do need that type of player. That's a fair point. And uh, Scherzer's contract is up at the end of the year, so if you were to trade for him, okay, like that—that that is, that is someone that you would probably have a very hard time bringing back because of that, because of that larger context. I, at the same time, though, would argue that guys like Kyle Seeger, even if they've been here for ten years, are not the kind of players that you bend over backwards to make accommodations for. Mitch Hanniger might be that guy. But Seeger, no, you're not doing that for him. Seeger is probably the person that's going to be asked the most about the way that this organization operates. And yeah, that, that might hurt them when it comes to recruiting. There's no doubt about it. So you have to change that in some way, shape, or form. But I don't think you're going to change it with Seeger regardless. 206-421-3776, the question of today's show. A couple of days later, how are you feeling about the Kendall Graveman trade? Talk with me now. Let's go to Adam in San Ramon. Adam, what's going on? Hey, man, how you been? Doing well, man. Listen, uh, we've sucked for so long, and everyone's acting like a couple of fun games against the A's and Astros. We should go for it. We should go all in. But there's like six teams all competing for that second wild card, which gives you what? like the right to play in a one-game playoff, like at Tampa Bay, like to, 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 to act like that's going to be satisfying. Like, oh, we really ended our 20-year drought with a, like a 9-3 loss at Tampa Bay. No one's going to be satisfied past that day. It's going to suck. As much as I like hate giving the Astros like literally even like an applause, let alone like one of the best closers in the league, as much as I hate that, like you can't worry about this year. We are not competitive with like the six, seven best teams in the league. We will get smoked in the playoffs. So, like, it was just a – you'd just be, like, pacifying these people that are so mad we haven't been to the playoffs in 20 years by going for it. But you're not going to get anything. And after you lose in the playoffs, they're not going to care. They're not going to be like, well, I'm so glad DePoto went for it. He's really earned some trust with me. They're going to be like, oh, look, it didn't work. Adam, I love your skepticism, your cynicism, and that call needs to happen more. So please do not be a stranger to this show. That's the kind of passion that I feel like a lot of people should be feeling – it's frustration with those people that, yeah, we're talking themselves into something that wasn't realistic after a couple of fun games in a row. That was a fun homestand. They were 4-3 and three at the end of it, you know? And to talk yourselves into the idea that you're going to be happy after a one-game playoff appearance. First off, let's, let's agree on this. The playing game doesn't count as making the playoffs, in my honest opinion. Much like the Mariners had made it last year. Yeah, they would have made the playoffs, but what, what, 16 teams made it? it turned into like the NBA last year. You're not playing to make the one-game playoff. You're playing to be in and to have a home series, to have a division title. And while you might have won that one game, given how competitive and scrappy this team has been in closed games, all right, maybe you win that game and maybe it's a different conversation at the end of the day. But if all you have to show for a season is an appearance and it costs you the year afterwards, what was the point? And that feeling will be hollow. 
And I do wonder what would have happened in 2018 had the Mariners actually made the playoffs and if they had maybe had different conversations about what to do next after they kind of fell. They didn't kind of. They collapsed down the stretch and the A's just ran by them and lapped them at the end of 2018. If that season goes differently, then how are people acting here? Man, we got a, we got a, we got a line full of calls. 206-421-3776. You know what? We're, we're going to do something different here. The Graz is going to join me in the sports pit next. We're going to both talk to you about this. The question of today's show, are you feeling differently about the Kendall Graveman trade? We'll talk about that next. It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness... You're going to get your, you're going to, you're going to fail. I think this is the busiest day that we've had on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Full board of calls, and you guys will get to talk with the Graz father in case you're someone like this texter right here. <laughs> He's been mad at me all day. Still listening. Bleep this caller. You get to end the playoff drought. Number one, bleep this moron. You get the playoffs off your back. This guy's an idiot, and I hate Paul and the call screener. I am not going to listen to Paul the bleep anymore. Bleep you for talking down to us. Playoffs are the playoffs. You new Seattle citizen. You are ignorant. Bleep Paul Gallant. He is the lemon of the sports radio talk world. And while that last part might be true, sir, you're not going to feel that same kind of excitement making the playoffs for very long. It is fleeting. Something like that is fleeting. And you might remember it for a while. But you don't want to remember something like that for a while. You know, I get I get sad for everyone here when I go to the ballpark and I see the three banners that are up there. And joining me right now on the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline, the one and only Graz. Graz, what's up, man? You get sad seeing just three banners. You've been here forever. <laughs> That's the truth, brother. Two days later, how you feeling about the trade? Because this happened. I mean, we, the Dare to Dream Express was lively. We were we were kicking a few back. We were putting our feet up on the dashboard. We were living life on Tuesday, and then the trade happened a couple hours later. Yeah, I didn't like it then, and I don't like it two days later. You don't like it two days later. I do not. Look, I think you're talking about a team that is contending this year. You do not. I mean, this is this is 101. You don't trade guys who are your reason for, for being there. I mean, you, you the whole point of getting better at the deadline is trading guys who are in your minor league system to add to the players you have to get better. You've now taken away a guy who in 30 appearances had a 0.82 ERA and 10 saves. Uh, I understand that, that in the long run we may look at this Toro kid as, as, as the right move and a good trade, but for this year's team, you, you stuck a dagger in them. That's what they said. I'm using their words. Um, you, you really, really crushed them in that clubhouse. And, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I just didn't see the point. I just didn't see the point. I mean, you could have, you could have maneuvered, you could have announced the deal with Montero and a player to be named later if that was the case. And, and you wanted to name Graveman later, but I just don't see how you get better by trading the guys who got you there. If you're in fact trading to, to, uh, you know, to be a contender this year, I definitely, which under- maybe they're not doing. I understand that point of view 100%. And if you could add a little historical context to this, because, again, I've been here for two years, and I know a lot of people are listening to me right now, and they're like, Paul, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't get it. You don't get it. You haven't been here this long. Uh, have there been similar moves to this that have been essentially a gut punch for a team that you felt was on the verge of something special? 
I wish I could say yes, Paul, but it's been 20 years. I mean, there there have been very few runs at the postseason that, that have been made. So, so no, uh, th- th- this 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 stands a little bit alone to me, and just I uh, haven't given that that specific uh, topic a whole lot of thought. But I can't think of another time in particular where you had a, a team where you you know they looked like they were contending, they were playing like contenders, and then you had management trade from out under them, which is kind of what this I know it's not what management meant to do, but it's kind of how this seemed to feel to the players. Let's get interactive. 206-421-3776. And we're going to let the Gras answer these questions for these callers first. Matt is in Edmonds. Matt, how you feeling two days later after the trade? Uh, hey, thanks for taking the call, folks. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of with Gras on this one. I feel minutely better, but my reasoning is, and, and to be clear, I'm all in on build for the championship. Like, I think that should be the ultimate goal. I guess I'd love to hear your thoughts on why we think in the long run Toro gets us to that championship better than a Graveman who, let's say he has a fantastic season, he's a free agent, and we have to pay him top dollar. Wouldn't a championship team expect to pay top dollar for a closer? That is a good question. And I, I, um, how do you feel about it, Gross? Yeah, I, well, I mean, I, I don't look at it that way, and, and I can understand looking at it that way. I'm looking at it for, for this year, from this year's perspective. And, and look, I also look at it with, with the, the idea that it's been 20 years since you've been in the postseason. So I am hungering for postseason baseball. Yes, I want a championship, but I want the postseason. So uh, I don't think this move made the postseason more likely. And, and look, I don't care what Graveman's numbers were. I don't care what he's done in other years. All I care about is what he's done this year and what he's doing this year and the impact he had in that locker room uh, you know, this year. Uh, you really traded a guy who was a leader on that pitching staff. Who, who I mean, how are you going to find someone with, with a 0.82 ERA and 10 saves in the back of that bullpen? You've got some good pitchers there. But you know, who's to say that you've got that guy there? So, uh, look, I, I, I'm not looking at this long term. I'm only looking at this short term. And it seems to me that, that this is not what you do when you're trying to make your team better in the short run. You have to make a move to make that happen. There's been some rumors about them potentially being interested in Craig Kembrell. Maybe Kembrell could be that guy. I, I, I get where you're coming from, from that perspective, Gross. And, and this mm-hmm. year, definitely, losing Graveman hurts you more than it, Toro helps you. But the big picture part of it with Graveman is his contract is up at the end of the year. He's a reliever. They're so difficult to predict year to year. And next year, are you going to be able, are you going to want to bring him back? Because he is going to, I would imagine, get quite the pay raise, a well-deserved pay raise, and if I were Kendall Graveman and I can make life-changing money, I'm probably going to get it. And I don't know that the Mariners are necessarily going to be that willing to do it, And just knowing how unpredictable a reliever can be year to year. Sure. And, and honestly, Paul, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm only thinking about this year. I don't care what Kendall Graveman can do for you next year. I, I'm not, that doesn't enter my thinking at all in this particular trade. Uh, if you're, if you're making, if you, if you, I mean, we watched the game the night before. We've seen this great run. This team seems to have great chemistry. They seem to have the X factor going for them, and, and um, they, they seem to be ready to make a run. And you have taken away a key part of that. Now, you know, it may, you know, it may benefit you long term that you've done it. But it hurts your short term that you've done it, and I don't believe you can count on. Well, next year the pro- they'll even have more prospects ready. Next year, it, it, there's no guarantees in, in this life and in, in baseball. You know, you may have four guys get hurt next year who are key players. You know, you can't you can't overcome or six or seven guys like in Minnesota this year where they were poised to have a great year have bad years. It's baseball. It happens. You need to take advantage of it when it's right in front of you. And it struck me that it was right in front of them this year, and they traded away a guy who was very important in that in that clubhouse. And uh, I don't really see the point for doing it. 
206-421-3776. Graz hanging out in the sports pit, and we're bringing you into the sports pit too. Big Ed thinks this is a lousy trade. Big Ed, hit me. Um, well, Graz, uh, I, I agree with a lot of his uh, takes. I, um, I, I, I heard Graveman interviewed. He's a, he's a real sharp guy. I think he was like a, a assistant bullpen coach. The guys looked up to him. There's only about three leaders on this team. They traded one of them. It's not, it's not so much that they traded him. It's who they got. They got a utility infielder that was hitting 212 and a reliever with a 7.5 ERA. And you give up the best reliever statistic-wise in the AL for those two guys. So the, the, the guys, it reminded me of the Justin Smoke trade. Mm. Well, take it a step further. Uh, you know, you, you're trading with the team in front of you in the standings. It's not just the team you're competing with for the wild card. It's a team in your own division you're making better, the Astros. I, I agree with you on that, Cross, but at the other, on the other side of things, Abraham Toro, could he be more than a utility infielder if he actually had the ability to play every day? He's 24 years old, and that infield is loaded. they got so many good players in that infield. I mean, you got uh, Yuli Gurriel. you got at second base, you got Altuve, you got Carlos Correa, you got Alex Bregman. Mm-hmm. Like He's got nowhere to play there. And I, I'm sure that, I mean, the Astros have done a really good job with their farm system and with the ability to actually add to what they have at the Major League roster over the last couple of years. I, I think even without Jeff Luno, they've done a fantastic job of, of, of building a roster. So I, I look at him and, you know, maybe I'm a little bit uh, biased due, due to the last two nights in the home runs that he's hit. But I, I, I think there is some potential with this guy more than just calling him a utility player. Yeah, I wouldn't call him that. And, and like I said, I, I'm not. I'm not doubting that he isn't what they're saying he was—a guy who was blocked in his position and a guy who who may be able to. Be, now that he's not behind those guys, can 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 blossom here and and be a plus player. And that that may well be. I'm just talking about the the real short term. I'm talking about the impact that trading Graveman had on had on your team, and the fact that you know normally to get better in a in your pennant race situation, you don't deal with the team in front of you, and you don't give them exactly what they need, and you don't fill a hole by making a new one. Yeah, that's just not what you do when you're in a pennant race, in, in my opinion. So this trade may go down as a good one. We'll see. But I think for for right now, for this year, this is a trade that hurt this club. If you're talking about this club who was, you know, kind of, you know, getting, you know, people were kind of getting behind them a little bit. And just so, from someone who's been here for 20 years, and it's not DePoto every single year, and I'm not attacking DePoto. I'm just saying that for people who have been here for 20 years, this just feels like business as usual. And uh, it's it's just it's what happens when when you've had so many years without success that you tend to be very pessimistic about things and and uh, tend not to see uh, not to see the glass half full because for 20 years it hasn't been half full. Well, Graz, I appreciate you bringing it to the table from that perspective because I I know that there are a lot of people that feel the exact same way as you. This is why I always love having you on, man. Thank you so much for joining us, and we're gonna have to talk more about this off the air. That's for sure. Sounds great, Paul. That is the Graz, everybody, brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company every single Tuesday and Thursday at 1030 in the Sports Pit. We'll keep on talking to you. 206-421-3776. Having a lot of fun. This is the most interactive, interactive sports talk show that we've had in Seattle. In Seattle. How about that? 710-710 is the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Have the last two days changed your mind on this trade? Be honest. We'll talk about it next with you. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Text in 710-710. Paul, what is more sad? A 20-year drought or a 7-3 loss in a 2021 wildcard spot? That's why people are so upset. But what's more fulfilling 
Is is ending is ending a long streak that 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 is that embarrassing? Is that is that something to celebrate? A team I used to cover snapped a losing streak that they had against one of their chief rivals, where they lost basically a decade's worth of game in their home stadium. And I remember the next day, I was told that we're going to celebrate this. And I was like, why are you celebrating this? You, that is in their rearview mirror. You want to forget that that happened. You know, that, that that's, that's not that fulfilling, in my opinion. Or a 73 loss in a 2021 wildcard spot. It's like you got there, and then all of a sudden, the rug's pulled out from underneath you, and then you don't know that you're necessarily going to be back the next year. Now, to each their own. I'm just telling you how I feel about it. I'm not telling you how to feel about it. Uh, another text. Shut up about realistic. You can't dance if you don't punch a ticket. All the best sports stories are of overachievers. The game isn't played on paper. But it kind of is. In some sports, it is. I mean, go into any year in the NFL. You have a pretty good idea of who's going to be the champion. There's usually eight teams. Baseball, it's usually four. And baseball, yes, there are some surprise stories every now and then. Like the Washington Nationals a couple of years ago. But, I mean, you look at the Nationals and they have some really good starting pitchers. You don't have any starting pitchers that are on the caliber of what Washington had three years. Uh, what was it two years ago, where they where they took down the Los Angeles Dodgers? Like, did, you have to you have to have something where you feel like this story can be built off of. And this is this is the most supreme underdog story of all time if they pull it off, which would be great. You can't bank on that. That's not how to operate a business. Baseball is a business. For Jerry Depoto in the last year of his contract as a general manager, it is a business. And I mean, I'll, I'll give him credit for operating as if. He is still under contract after this season, as opposed to, you know, wouldn't wouldn't a general manager in the last year of his contract basically go all in to make sure that the playoffs happen this year and maybe at the expense of years down the road? Aren't we seeing that in, in the NFL with the Chicago Bears and all that they've done? The desperation that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace have been operating with, which to, uh, I guess, maintain a, grisp, a, a grasp of power? I don't get it. You know, I, 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 and I, and I think you should look at it from that context, but I can't tell you how to live your life. Demetrius is in Renton. Demetrius, what's up? Well, um, to be honest, I'm kind of I'm kind of torn here, but I'm seeing the trade for the long term, and I I really feel like the thing is with Grayman, we're only getting 20 innings, and I understand. I've been here for the full 20 years. It's depressing, but this is probably the best farm system we've had, honestly, in the mm-hmm. 20 years. We have a loaded farm system, and. To be honest, the whole run differential thing, and the thing about the run differential, a key apart from maybe two series, i.e. the Padres series earlier in the season, their run di- if you took that out of the equation, the run di- differential is not that bad. It's just we had a couple blowouts. Um, but to be honest, I like Abraham Toro. I looked at his stats. He has, thir- in 37 games this year, 26 RBIs, including the two from this past game, and I see a lot of potential with that. I think there's a little bit of overreaction. As much as I want to see the team make the playoffs, a one-game playoff is not enough. And I I really like what Jerry's doing. I, he did say something's going to happen that's big in the next, you know, 24 to 30 hours. I really hope that he delivers on that part. But I don't expect him to go super, supremely all in. I, 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 Demetrius, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying there. And, and you know what? We do have to hold him to the fire on that. If, if he said something's going to happen, it, it, I think, has to happen. Texter says, deadline is not over, Paul. He can still get reckless. Let's finish things up on the phones and appreciate you guys being as interactive as you have been today. I'm sorry that we couldn't get to everybody. Man, I'm surprised that we had this many callers, to be perfectly honest. But I'm glad that you guys feel like you can be, you can be heard here on this show. Robertson Bothell. Robert, you don't like the trade. Hey, um, this was a 
I won't say the word I said to your producer. This was a horrible trade. I'm kind of in the boat with Garage. I don't care about the, you know, the future. I, I've been a Mariners fan since day one, 1977. And, you know, just you guys at 710 and the Mariners organization have lived off 95 season for too long. And I was so excited. So damn excited. And then this happens. And I'm like, holy cow, man. You know, wh- what is it with this organization? It, I'm going to say this. If we don't make the playoffs, Jerry should be fired immediately. Cheap service. I like that guy. That guy's a damn good manager. But that GM, I would ship him off to wherever island he should go. Because, man, he is screwing it up. Screwing it up. And I'm pissed. You know, I don't care if he goes after this big-name splash, because I don't trust John Stanton. I don't. You know, it's all talk. So right now, yeah, I'm kind of pissed, but I don't care about the future. There's enough of the fan base who have been waiting for 25 damn years for the Mariners to make a real run at the playoffs. And we had a chance. You get rid of your best chip. Yeah, it's just, ugh, it's disgusting. That's what it is. It's disgusting. Thanks for letting me spew off, Paul. Absolutely, Robert. Uh, that's a great way to end it. And I know there's a lot of you guys out there. And I, I want to say this again. I, I'm, not tell- I'm not telling you how to feel here. I know one texter felt like I, I was talking down. I-, I know I can be a tad condescending and smug at times. And for that, uh, bear with me because sometimes it's for effect. But real talk with you guys right now. I, I understand. Like, it's-, it's awful. You know, for me, I've been a really spoiled sports fan for most of my life. But I was obsessed with sports to an honestly unhealthy degree when I was a kid. And there was a time where, I mean, I, I took every single loss so, so personally. And when it finally happened, it finally happened. And it was so great. But you want it to finally happen all the way. You really do. And I, I think that they're going in the direction towards that. But I understand the lack of trust. They have to earn it back. And I'm hoping that Jerry DePoto can do something over the next, shoot, 20, 25 hours, 26, 25. I don't know. 25. 20, no, 26 don't do hours. radio math. Yeah, we can't do that. Appreciate that, DJ Wilder. Getting me out of here. Jake and Stacy is next. So long. Farewell. Have yourselves a wonderful Thursday.